Setting boundaries for veterinary professionals is tough. This week, we want to talk about what happens when your friend groups outside of work ask you questions about veterinary medicine. How do you handle it? How do you respond? How do you set boundaries? This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and a tough topic that most of us in the veterinary profession have to deal with at some point in time is those unsolicited requests for veterinary medical advice. This week, we're going to talk about what happens when you've tried to set boundaries and people overstep those boundaries and how you should respond or not. But before we get into all that responsive stuff, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this is one of those discussions that is perennial in the profession because we constantly are struggling with, okay, what should I do when the public, the general public, friends, whatever people outside of our workplace, when we're not getting paid, ask us for our advice? And this is really prompted by a question that someone wrote in for my veterinary today's veterinary business column in which they were describing a scenario in which some outside friends ask for advice. So Becky, Before we get into that specific example, I mean, just at the outset, you know, I mean, do you see this as much as we do on the veterinary side? Like the vet techs get assaulted with questions all the time. (laughs) Oh, literally 100%. Partially, I think because people stop hearing at veterinary. (laughs) So they just hear, you know, about animals. And so that's fair. I could say probably animal rescue, uh, animal breeding, (laughs) like people cling to immediately like... I need this advice from you. So yeah, um, we get it a lot. Good point. Okay, so I'll set you up, Becky, and Viewfinders, sort of what the situation was in general terms. We'll keep it anonymous uh, at the request of the questioner. So basically, this is a, a young veterinarian, and she is a member of a group. And at the beginning, when she joins this group, she says specifically that she didn't want them to ask any questions about veterinary medicine, about their pets or whatever, because that's what she does during her work hours, and she doesn't want that work being brought over into this activity, right? Well, of course, as fate would have it, shortly into her tenure with this group, um, they find a stray dog and they blow up her phone, asking questions of what to do and what should we do and where should we go and can you take care of this and all this stuff. And of course, the dilemma is what should she do? So Becky, at the outset, is that a scenario that you're familiar with? So familiar. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So at the very beginning, uh, what do you think about her saying, okay, I want to join this group and this could be at a gym, at a church, at a musical group. I don't care. Right. Uh, what do you think at the very beginning saying, Hey guys, here, I'm a veterinary professional. Don't ask me anything about pets or animals. Uh, uh, So I guess my first thing is instinctively, my first healthy thought is it doesn't matter what I think about that. That's her boundary. (laughs) Right. She placed it. It sounds healthy to me. It, she may have a reason for this. She may have a history of this. And so my first healthy answer is it doesn't matter what I think. That's a boundary. She put it in place. That seems fair. I am interested because I'm like, it has never occurred to me to walk into a room and to, if when someone asks me what I do, immediately establish, I'm going to tell you, but do not ask me any questions. So I am, I am surprised about that. Um, yeah, I, I would probably have made something up if I felt that strongly about it. But um, yep, I, I personally am like, hey, if that's her boundary, that's her that's her right. 
That's a, that's a really good point. And you know, Dr. Marty Becker, a dear friend of mine, and I've had this discussion multiple times over the years about what do you do when you're traveling? Like, do you tell people you're a vet or not? Because just like this question, you know, people are going to ask you questions, right? And so Marty and I have a slightly different take on it. I typically... If if there's somebody I want, you know, like if I want to talk during the flight or whatever, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm a vet because I know that the time will fly because I'm going to ask, answer all their questions. Marty, however, says, hey, tell them that you're like an insurance salesman or something. Yeah, I'm an this. accountant. Right. And so I do like your, I think you have a good tactic there, Becky. It's like when you walk into that room, if you don't want to talk about vet medicine, tell them you're uh, something else. I, I think that's maybe a better approach because I'm like you. I've never actually walked into any type of situation and said, hey, guys, I'm Dr. Ernie Ward veterinarian. But what I do want to set the clear boundary is I'm not going to talk about anything veterinary medicine with you guys. <laughs> I think yeah, that's, that's a little yeah. tough. But regardless, I appreciate it. I think that's great. And if you are strong and able to do that, then more power to you. But here's the here's the problem, Becky. I think she then feels like they they overstepped, right? They She, she set the boundary. She says, don't ask me during this because this is what I do during my work hours. Come see me if you want to ask those questions, right? Um, and then they did it. So what do you think? I mean, how should she respond? Because that was really the thrust of the question. It's like, what do I do? I It's such a hard <laughs> one, right? Because I guess part of it to me is, is like, why is this boundary in place? Because this is, sounds important to you. If it's going to make you resentful and it's going to make you not want to go back to this group and it's going to cause this kind of problem, then in my opinion... You just say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I would call my clinic. There are people there or here's an emergency hospital. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's, it, it depends on why her boundary is there. So, so strongly and so specifically. Um, on the other hand, it, it, it to me sounds like an emergency situation. It doesn't sound like they were like, hey, I right. know you didn't want to talk about this, but my dog has an ear infection. And so that makes me think, well, it was an emergency and you kind of have a little bit of an obligation there. And I think this is sort of where it gets to be a slippery slope because we uh, we are imposing our opinions on someone else's value. And for whatever reason, she didn't want this to happen. I can't say I blame her for being mad because right. it is very frustrating to, for for me, whatever it is, my thing is, is I'm, I will say to people like, if you make me say no twice, I'm really angry because the first time I said no was really hard for me. Yeah, it can be very hard for me to set that boundary. And so when you say, Hey, I know you said no, but Mm -hmm. I yeah. really need this or I, whatever my need is, is greater than your no, then I'm resentful. And I think that that to me is kind of the underlying here where she's like, I could see where she would say, regardless of what was going on, I set this boundary and then they stepped over the line. And then it becomes a matter right, of resentment. Right. And, and to me, this is a bit of a once bitten, twice pissed off, right? I mean, yeah, you know, so, yeah. so, and it sounds like this was an emergency, at least to those people. They found a stray dog and they're saying, what do we do? And naturally, they're going to call their veterinary professional friends so, or their acquaintance or group member, whatever this is, right? So I, yeah. I do agree. Like for me, Becky, if this was a repeat offense, then that's when I'm angry. The first time I'm like, okay, it's a stray dog. And I mean, I get those questions from random strangers. Hey, we just, I mean, I've had people come up to my house innumerable times. They find out there's a vet on the street and they bring a stray dog to me. 
<laughs> like, and yeah. then I have to, I actually have to take in the dog. So it's like a whole nother world of hurt. Uh, this at least was a text message. So at least no, you don't have to take the dog in. But the, here's the other thing too, Becky. I think, okay, so let's stick within the context of this because I think there's a lot of other issues. I do think as veterinary professionals, we probably have to have a bit of flexibility in these situations because I don't think it's realistic or even maybe reasonable to not expect this to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate that she set the boundaries early on. I think that's a really strong move, right? But at the same time, I think you're going to have to be flexible saying there might be a situation where these people feel like, I'm really sorry to have to confront you with this or ask you this, but I really need your help, right? Does that, you see where I'm going with that? Like, I think that it's going to happen. No, I see where you're going, but see, my pushback on that is I expect that from my family and my closest friends. I work out with you guys. I don't even know why you have my text message, to right. be honest with you. Did you find me on Facebook and send me a Facebook message, right. or did I actually give you that connection to me? Because it doesn't sound like these people are really that close if they're gym buddies, right? Or whatever, yeah, and yeah. so to me, it's sort of like, how did they choose to get in touch with me? Because here's my problem with it, Dr. Ernie. You can Google what to do if you find a dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This wasn't an emergency. You can absolutely call animal control. Hey, people call 911 when Burger King's closed and the lights are on. Right, Like, right. <laughs> like so we can find other avenues other than the path of least resistance, which is, oh, I know this person, and I'm going to choose to violate her boundary. That's my problem with it. This didn't sound yeah. life or death. This doesn't sound like it was an emergency. And my question is, how did they even contact her? Because if they text messaged her and she she's like, we're a little circle friends, we do Sunday brunch, that's maybe a little different. But to me, this is a total glee, Googleable situation. There's animal control. Everyone knows how to get to the shelter. I feel like they're making a choice. I found an animal and I, do, I don't want to bring it to the shelter. Right. I am having emotional issues with this. I want a different outcome. And so I'm going to put it in your box. I'm going to put it in your problem because I know you're a veterinary professional. You don't want this pet to go to the shelter. Chances are you'll take it in. And so now it's your problem. And my issue with this, part of the reason I think I have such passion about this is because, especially as president-elect, there are, are folks who will message me on Facebook at any time of the day, any day of the week with a problem or a thought or their emotion about something. And it sort of becomes this like lightly using the term trauma dumping where it's like, I'm pissed off. I'm mad. I don't know where you are, what you're doing or who you're with, but I'm going to dump it on you right now. And so like the other day I had a friend text, Hey, are you busy? And I knew it, it was most likely probably not just like a casual conversation. I wasn't sure. And I was like, I'm not busy, but I have no emotional space right now for anything. So if it's like a casual call or you got great news, give me a ring. But like, if you need something or if this is going to be emotional, I got to, can we talk tomorrow? So I feel like to some extent, this is the kind of boundary she's trying to put up. When I'm at home, I don't want to be bothered with work things. I don't want to be bothered with the animal things because it causes an emotional response for me. I feel obligated and I have a family and I want to be able to separate the two. Yeah. And I feel the same way. I mean, I honestly, even though what I'm about to say sounds simple, there is emotional fallout from it. And, and again, I think what this person is asking, and I think this is what we want to share with the viewfinders is, okay, so how do you respond? So you get these texts and again, we don't know the relationships. So we're speculating, you know, on what they, what they do or whatever. We just know that she's a part of a group and they've got her text number, her phone number, whatever. So they, they, they do text each other. So I'm, they're not besties, Becky, from what I could tell, because I think that's part of what inflamed the situation. Situation. But the first thing is, you know, 
Becky, how do, I mean, what do you do in that moment? And the first thing is you are free to ignore it. Now, as I mentioned, that's like the easiest response. But at the same time, every time I do that, even when I sit on these things for 24 hours, because I know I have to, because if I don't, I'm really going to give into that boundary that I've tried to establish, yeah. then there is emotional fallout for me, right? Because I feel guilty. I feel terrible. I wonder what happened to that dog or cat or whatever, right? You know, so there is a consequence and a cost to me. Uh, whenever I do this, but I, I have to do this. And so, Becky, in the moment that your phone is blowing up, what do you advise people to do, our colleagues to do? So, unfortunately, it's going to depend on my emotional health that day or that moment. Okay, fair enough. I can see several reactions. I can see me saying, I, I specifically told you guys not to do this, and so this is a you problem. Um. And then dealing with the emotional fallout of that with my counselor, I can see <laughs> me saying, I can see me forwarding a phone number or a resource, right, right, which is probably in a good, emotionally healthy place. I'm not going to be mean to them, but I'm going to maintain my boundary by doing something to that effect, which right, is, right. I, it's not my problem, but here's a resource. Hopefully they can help you or give you others. Um, that's going to be my healthy go-to. I can also see myself immediately making it my problem. Where right, are you? Right, right. Blah, 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 blah. So I, I would like to say option B is what I would want to say that I would do on, on in a really good, emotionally healthy responding day. Right. And, you know, in, in preparation for this, Becky, I did kind of look back through some of my text messages because I do get this stuff quite frequently, right? I mean, you know, this is not something that's unknown to me. And most of the time, I can tell you almost, you know, 90% of the time, I basically say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that your dog or cat or whatever has this situation. Uh, you know, I'd strongly recommend that you see an emergency clinic. Um, and then that's kind of the end of the message, you know. And 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 I think that part of the, the issue there, it, like you, I feel like, oh, gosh, I mean, should I do more, right? Should I offer to for them to bring it over to my house. Should I go see them? <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, and you can't because, I mean, obviously it's unrealistic on many, many situations and I'm not prepared, right? I don't have a, a pharmacy that I can just pull out of my my car seat or whatever. But getting yeah. back to it, you know, you're, you're right. You do feel this, sometimes this level of guilt and that's on me. But I think the other thing too, Becky, is that many times in this situation, people aren't expecting you to solve the problem. You know, like we talked about sometimes when your employees bring a problem to you, sometimes your most important thing as a leader to do is just to listen. They don't always expect you to solve all of their problems. And I think sometimes that applies here as well. And I think that in this situation, stray dog, pretty easy fix for me. Say, oh gosh, that's great. I'm I'm so glad that you got this stray dog. Listen, what you need to do right now is contact animal control or go to the animal control center or whatever it is, right? Go to whatever. Um, because maybe they aren't asking you to go solve the problem. Maybe there's saying, how do I solve the problem? Does that make some sense? Oh, it makes total sense. But to, it is it is excluding the idea that you told them not to do it in the first place. Exactly, and I think yeah. that's the part that we have to come back to is there are people like I find you to be the kind of person who really kind of loves that consultation. You kind of want to talk that out with folks. You are not in the clinic all day, every day. And so getting to do the medicine part of it is a little bit exciting and enjoyable right now. You don't have that same burnout. So it's sort of like a different conversation a little bit because there there are things you can text me about and I don't care who you are, what you're doing. I want to talk about it. Right. I want to dive right. deep. Like if you've got a question about heartworms, I, I want you to text me all day, every day, every time, because I want to tell you all of the things that I know about them because I have so much passion and I love to talk about it and I'll talk about it all day, every day. But like, like you with nutrition, you know, right. but if somebody comes to me with something, it's like, like, again, my problem with this is she created the boundary in the first place. And, and I think it's an interesting sidebar or side thought is 
should we walk into our social situations and say, don't ask me this. Like, <laughs> right. it, is, it is really interesting. I mean, I was at brunch Sunday with doing the Galentine's Day thing with some folks from our um, Combat Vet Motorcycle Association, and not everybody knows what I do. And um, it was like, wait, wait, what do you do? Uh, I'm a veterinary technician. Oh, and then there was an immediate question. Immediate. It, it, it is always, there is not ever just that's cool, but there is always some kind of either I couldn't yeah. euthanize pets, I could never do that, or here are my questions for you. Right. So I think it's an interesting concept to, to consider. Do I need to put some kind of boundary in place in certain social situations? I don't know that a lot of us think that proactively about it in in the sense of how much does it bother me? And is it some kind of boundary I need to put in place in certain social situations? I actually kind of think this is an interesting concept in itself, not just the idea that they violated that boundary, but the fact that she put it in place in the first place. I have, oh, yeah. I have a lot of questions and interest about that in general. And I kind of wonder if some of us shouldn't do more of that. Um, you know, I because of our military background, we've got friends, like literal friend who was a blue angel. And when a lot of those guys go to bars, they talk to like they're they they come up with a completely different occupation because saying <laughs> right, that they're a right. fighter pilot. Right. Does several things. <laughs> so, it's just an interesting concept, I guess. I never really thought of myself in just not telling people other than maybe like on a plane or something. Um, but in a social circle saying, this is my boundary. It's in place. And then now this idea of what happens when it gets overstepped. My big problem with this one is this was not an emergency. And it was, I, I'm appalled that they didn't know what to do with a stray dog in the first place. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, they I panicked. Got yeah, they panicked. I, I get it. I mean, I, I, to, I totally get like the situation, how it, it developed. But here, here's for me, Becky, like, okay, so you, you went into this social setting and you said, here's the boundary, don't ask me. And they still did it, right? So at this point, you know, for me, I'm going to probably not not confront it directly. I'm probably going to say, oh, you know, okay, here's what you need to do. Go go contact animal control, whatever. So I'm going to pass them off. It, to me, they're going to cross the boundary in how they respond. Because if they then say, thank you so much, I didn't know what to do. Thank you for that information. Then they didn't violate that boundary, in my opinion, right? They they were panicked. They in the situation they didn't know how to handle, and that was it. However, if the next comeback is, well, what do you think I should do? Or, or asking for additional input now is when I'm starting to me personally feeling uncomfortable, right? So that's whenever I start to say, okay, now I'm going to have to probably be a little more firm with these people, Becky. The, the one thing too, I want to I want to focus on a little bit as we as we end today, you know, as we near today's uh, conversation. Um, what about the, the, I mean, these people may not be friends after this, right? Depending on how you handle it, right? See, this is, the, that's the other thing. So for me, I'm kind of like, you put yourself in the situation of finding the stray dog, right? Like you kind of did that yep. because we all see stray dogs. We make a choice if we're going to chase them or not, or put our, I mean, I have unfortunately many times driven by a stray dog on the side of the highway. I've been devastated. I have, I can't do anything with this dog. What am I going to do? I can't put this dog in my car. I don't want to chase him into traffic. Like, I have to abandon what my emotional need is and and be practical. Catching that stray dog at that moment is not practical. So part of my frustration is they put themselves in this situation, apparently knowing not what to do. It's not an emergency. It's a stray dog. Unless he's like in some kind of medical emergency, it's not an emergency. They panicked and they took advantage of a friend. I, I honestly would feel very similar as she did. This was not an emergency. You made a choice to put your hands on this dog and then you made it my problem. Right. Um, 
This is the hard part because this is where it's quote unquote confrontational, right? Or quote unquote courageous conversations or whatever <laughs> right, we want right, to call right. them. And and I don't care what words you you use to make yourself feel better. This is if if they were your teenagers, if they were your kids, if that was your spouse, you would do a debrief. You would do a follow-up and you would say, Hey, how how'd things go with that stray dog? Oh, good. You got him to the pound. That's fantastic. Just hey, I don't, I don't want to like be rude here, but I made it really clear in the beginning. I don't, this is not a scenario I want to be a part of. And so I'm, I'm pretty much going to tell you guys, please do not ever do that to me again. Right. Right. That's the really hard part because then you're being a B word, right? That's when people want to judge and label you because you are maintaining your boundary. People only get mad about boundaries when they want to overstep them. And this group overstepped them. And now she has to make a decision of how she's going to respond. And that doesn't feel fair. Right, right. And and I agree. I mean, so for me, viewfinders, at the outset, I tend to ignore these, right? So I said I typically will sit on it for 24 more hours because it's like, hey, if I told you that I can or I'm not available, then I'm not going to respond. And I had this recently with a lady, <laughs> Becky, who sent me a very long missive, um, who is apparently an, an older client of mine, right back, you know, when we had the main clinic there. And uh, she sent me like a full page of her complaining about the current state of veterinary medicine, right? <laughs> and and so I sat on it for a few days and I basically sent her back and said, hey, thanks for sharing that. You know, obviously it's a complicated situation, uh, but I think as our area grows, we'll see better uh, solutions. And that was it. Like, you know, yeah. one, one or two, one and a half sentences, <laughs> and it's like goodbye. And, you know, and of course she never responded because she probably got pissed off. But my, my point is that I tend to say, if I'm going to say I have a boundary of not so this and this back to the situation and back to my own personal situation, if I say I don't want to talk good about it, then don't right because you do allow people to cross that boundary or not. So in this situation, the easiest fix for that when your phone's blowing up is just to turn off your phone or ignore it completely. Come back a day or two later and go, hey guys, got all your messages. How'd that work out? <laughs> Yeah. Right. I mean, mean, honestly, that's, but again, as I mentioned at the very outset, viewfinders, for me, being an empathetic person, uh, it it does have some emotional, you know, carnage in me. It's kind of like the whole time, you know, many of these situations, I'm wondering, you know, how did it do or whatever, right? Oh, absolutely. Again, it's emotionally layered because there's a frustration that you're in the situation. There's a concern because by the very nature of who we are. And then there's this anticipatory stress about when I'm going to follow up, how I'm going to follow up, possibly maintaining a relationship or not. And then I think there's always the factor of even in our closest relationships, the people who do this and then never take our advice. They always want us to give them the answer that they want to hear, right? That's what they're looking for is... No, it's fine. You probably don't need to go to the vet. It'll probably resolve on its own, you know, um, because so frequently it's like, hey, I don't want to spend a bunch of money if I don't need to. Like that's the that's the underlying concern is I don't want to go to the vet if I don't need to. And like, hey, you need to. And then they don't. And so I think that is partially where a lot of times we can get want to have this boundary ahead of time because it prevents the relationship damage that can happen from these types of conversations. Right. And and viewfinders, I do want to say one thing, that this is not unique to the veterinary profession. I know a lot of times I hear my colleagues saying, I would never ask my pediatrician these questions. Guys, people ask them all the time, right? In fact, one of our dear friends who is a dentist in our area many years ago left our area because he got so tired of people showing up on the weekends with a chipped tooth or a toothache, right? So he moved about 45, 50 minutes away just to to try to re- preserve some sanity and sense of, of balance, right? So 
everybody does this. In fact, Becky, I'm, I'm guilty as well. We recently had a, a problem with our dryer vent. We didn't know exactly who to contact, so we contacted a builder friend of ours who promptly referred us just like I would do to somebody else. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I'm sure this lady was like, why are you guys calling me? Can't you well, Google? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's, that's an interesting point, right? Because what you did with your builder friend is you said, hey, I have a problem. I don't know who to call. Like, can you refer me to someone you trust? That's not going to screw me over. That's going to cost affordable, right? So in right. that case, you're not saying drop everything. This is your problem. Can you fix it for me? You're saying, hey, I know you know people who would be a good one to go see this. But hang on just a second, because for her, she could be getting that text message and go, these people are expecting me to solve their problem. They want me to come over there and unplug their dryer fan or troubleshoot or whatever. You see what I'm getting at? I do. I guess it depends on how you asked her, right? Because the way you presented it was, hey, do you know somebody who because it sounds to me like you knew he was not the person to fix this problem it's a she but wanted yep. <laughs> to see who he would have used right right like, right, right. Well, because I'm not going to call the builder to fix my dryer, right. but I'm calling a veterinarian with an animal problem do you see what I'm saying like I think I there's a difference between if these people texted her and said hey we found a stray dog is it better to go to the shelter or the emergency clinic that is a different text message to me that is I want to do the right thing. Do you know if this emergency clinic is good or will it die if it goes to shelter? So to me, that's a different scenario than what do I do now? It's your problem. I think that's a little bit different. And the reason I, I, I see a difference is my ex-husband was a mechanic, right? right. And there was nowhere we could go <laughs> right. that it wasn't, let me ask you this. <laughs> right. And it was always about something that could be handled in his place of business during business hours. Right, right. Your dryer question wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's but, that's my difference because you're right. I think there is a level of, hi, I know an expert in this field. Let me see who they would call or who right. they would recommend. That to me is a different story. I'm not making this your problem. I just want to know who your expertise would push you toward or if you know. People say that to me all the time. Oh, you're a vet tech? Who's good to go to in town? No one's asking me medical advice. They just want to know they're taking their vet to a, or their pet to a good veterinarian. Yep. For me... This is great. I'm here to, that's an educational bit. I'm fine with that. The, it's different than saying, I have this medical problem. What should I do? So if you said, hey, my dryer's clunking and he was like, I'm a general contractor. I don't know why you're asking me. Or, oh, I know a great guy we use all the time. I right. think those are different scenarios. Right. And we, they did. They steered us right into another company and they came over and fixed the problem. No problem. But but getting back to that. And they got a referral bonus. I, I will say, viewfinders, <laughs> it is really important to not mind read the person who's sending you these messages and try to try to determine what their intent is because I think that is part of the frustration that we feel because we feel like they are asking us to solve the problem when maybe legitimately in this situation with the people that are their friends, they just want to know where to take the dog, right? So I think that for me, one of the most powerful and valuable lessons I learned early in my adulthood was not to think that the world was out to get me or take advantage of me. And that's hard. It's easier said than done. But in most of the situations I encounter in life, I typically say, these people are just coming at it with an open, legitimate question. You know, they are not trying to get something from me. Now, this is probably in due response to how I was raised. My father was, an, my late father was incredibly paranoid, was always saying, you know, the, the man's out to get you. And I, I think that probably in response to that, I said, okay, well, maybe what if I look at the world as not always threatening and intimidating? And that doesn't mean that there aren't lots of dangers out there. And you try to teach your children that, but you get where I'm going with this, Becky. Like, I just, I think that we have to look at our own 
attitude towards these questions, and that probably helps us establish and maintain boundaries. Yeah, I think it can. And I just, I, I think there's a lot to look at in terms of, yes, is is what is the motivation? Is it being taken advantage of? or and, and again, what is your why? Why is this so hard? Or why don't you want this? To me, this sounds like she made a clear boundary. I want home to be home and work to be work. And I want my, it is very, very important. We talk about this for you to have places to go where people don't know what you do, don't care what you do, aren't going to ask you those questions. It's half the reason that most of a lot of our motorcyclist association friends don't know that I'm a vet tech. Like I don't make it a big deal because there is always questions. I don't really care if they ask them, but I'm not going out of my way to be like, I'm the resident animal expert here. So you guys can ask me really good Um, point. Yeah. Because I want that separation for a reason, because a lot of times then what happens is it, it turns into a conversation of, oh, she's not just a vet tech. She's got a podcast. She lectures all, you know, right. then it, then it becomes like, oh, high level. Now, now that you must know a lot of things or a lot of people, like it just gets out of control. And sometimes you want to detach from that person, that label, that mask and be Becky. I just want to be Becky. I just want to be Becky who doesn't know nothing about nothing. And I'm just <laughs> here to have fun. Um, it, it, it honest, I like, I get that. I think we have to take the 30,000 foot view, right? And say, why is it so important? What are the reasons? Is this truly healthy? Is this because of damage? Is this because of people taking advantage? Are you making a really thick line in the sand because you don't know how to say no otherwise? Like, There's so much other psychological stuff behind it, right? Like some people have to say, I have a zero tolerance rule because I cannot learn how to give the 1% as opposed to 99%. And so therefore I have to have a zero tolerance. Yeah. Sometimes this is self-preservation. And so this is an interesting conversation. And I and I like that we have very kind of different but similar views about it. I think that it's an it, to me, this is like a, I want to plant the seed for people. I want people to listen to this episode and say, like, how do I actually feel about this? Do I have places I go where people will not ask me questions? Why do I hate being asked questions? Why do I love being asked questions? Like, I think we just need to do a little soul searching around it because. Whatever your reason is, it is good enough. But I think for us, we don't do a good job with boundaries. And so instead of picking apart the boundary, it's like, where do I need them? Why do I need them? And how do I get good at holding them? For me, I feel like for this young lady, she set a boundary and it got taken advantage of and she's angry about it because it was probably hard to set that boundary in the first place. Right. And so this is it does make her angry because now she has to work on herself and do something that's really hard for her and say no again or recreate that boundary or be angry that they they crossed a hard thing to, to place in the first place. And I think that's what we need to understand and think about. And I think we all need to kind of step back and reflect because we also do that. It, it, we do that in our own lives. And it doesn't mean you can't do it, but like I'll text you and say, hey, do you have a second to ask? What do you think of Like, I want to make sure you're in a place to receive the question that right. I'm about to send you and not assume that you are up for the time or the emotion that I'm demanding of you. And I think that's where this all really kind of boils down to. Wow. There's a lot to boil down here, guys. Viewfinders, I'd really like to hear what you think about this. I mean, setting boundaries is part of being healthy, but sometimes, you know, should we be flexible? How do we be flexible? Do we announce to the world that we don't want to be asking? I love this conversation. And again, there are no right answers. There are no wrong answers. There's just your answer. And I think that's really what Becky and I are trying to say today is you should probably take time to evaluate what you would say and how you would say it. Because again, 
Becky, what do you always say? Try to get in ahead of things, ahead of things? Maybe. <laughs> That's try, right. to be it, but try to be proactive and not reactive. Uh, and I only say that because I'm really bad at being reactive. I don't react in good ways. Uh, if you if you can do it, you can do it. But at the end of the day, know your space and hold it. And that's what I think is great about this conversation. Right. And if you want to be proactive with your answers, you can reach us on social media. You can reach us at Veterinary Viewfinder on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, Right now, Twitter's kind of gone quiet for a little bit. We're testing that out. Uh, Definitely, you can always email us at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your questions. If you have a show topic that you'd like for us to discuss, let us know there. Becky, anything else uh, as we kind of wrap up today with setting boundaries? Um, no, I think I've had enough. I'll draw the line there. <laughs> Guys, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. That was a great closure. Really good. <laughs> good conversation. 